Welcome back to the This Is Jazz Today playlist. I'm here, my name is Dick Spencer. I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and we are talking about releases from June 2020. It is now July 2020, so we're looking back to last month and uh, reviewing 10 tracks we wanted to add to our playlist called This Is Jazz Today. You can find it going to Spotify. Just put it in there, search This Is Jazz Today. And uh, Alan, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, helping us get this playlist together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's it's very surreal now because we're like, what, halfway through the year? And it's yeah, feels like it should still be February, but there's still music going on and everything. So it's it's cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in six months what happens, if there will be any music to, to come out because nobody can uh, get in the studio. Although I did see something like the Bunker Studio in New York had reopened. I had seen a video, the, I think Marshall Jokes recorded a trio record, uh, at least I saw from Instagram. So we'll see. I guess I guess studios might be able to reopen. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You like? I guess you could just go into booths in theory you know for like smaller stuff and whatnot but it's it's going to be interesting to re-navigate you know across all of the boards just brings a whole new slur of questions into yeah i saw something about uh some kind of like youtube video about like disinfecting microphones and they have to like take them all apart and like spray because you know you've got like a pop shield in front of your microphone and like you're supposed to like scrub them and like get all the germs out or whatever and i just i don't know that just seems like a a recipe to um end up with damaged old vintage microphones yeah that would be my concern like i'm not disgusted about cleaning things but i would be so terrified about breaking a microphone it's not even funny yeah, like a $25,000 microphone. Yeah, good yeah, luck with that. No, 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 I don't have the, the stiff hands for that. I've got a job for you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> it's broken. That is all I'm admitting to right now. Yeah, 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 funny. Okay, well, let's dive into the playlist this month. A lot of cool albums coming out in June. Um, who knows what would have been coming out also because uh, usually June is a big month for big big labels to put stuff out. Uh, maybe push back a couple months due to our situation this year. But yeah, let's jump right in. Favorite guitarist, um, Miles Davis alum, uh, playing with <clears throat> electric bass, electric in a, in a jazz trio setting. This is a new record from uh, who, from John Schofield with Bill Stewart and Steve Swallow. Yeah, I mean, um, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, you know, it's... John's like I'm finding myself in a time where I'm kind of forcing myself to check out people that I didn't necessarily beforehand because mm-hmm. uh, we all get into those habits where it's just you're, you find yourself listening to the stuff you like over and over and so John Schofield's come up have been listening to some of his stuff new album come out um, and it's interesting I mean this track I think I picked it because I was honest a guy drinking some coffee that I thought tasted poorly <laughs> and the track is also called Awful Coffee um, but it's it's just it's interesting because I think um, I'm more often than not listen to a piano trio if I hear a trio play which I think is safe, safe for most people because there's just more of them um, so to hear how like John Schofield and all of them like navigate it it's very uh, interactive but it's also just not as dense because of the way that everything you know works um, 
so that was kind of cool and like you were talking about with the electric bass and then the electric guitar and then and all it was just a different um perspective of colors and then starting to become you know more aware of like the differences between john or peter bernstein or like alex wentz or you know tons of other guitars and trying to start to hear those little um minute details that maybe not everyone hears at first so sure. good album uh I, you know glad it's out definitely gonna take some time um to listen to it you know always intrigued by the names of tracks um he has a track on here called nf so i, <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's an uh, F. okay you know I, I bet it is you know but uh <laughs> yeah i'm sure it'll be a great album i got a lot more i gotta check out it for me and there's two two classic uh, real book tunes that people don't usually play on this on this one. So "Falling Grace" and "Eiderdown," which are two of his uh, Steve Swall's more well known tunes, but you might have thumbed past them in in the real book and not even uh, thought two two times about it. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have because I think like when I think of a real book, it's more of like standards but i guess those are starting to become like new age standards if you did will. you I, well okay wait maybe i'm like dating myself here but did you didn't you have the non-legal version of the of the of the um real book or no yeah like via digital copies of the non-legal one. Oh, okay um but yeah, I don't, I never had like the physical copy of the non-legal one or whatnot. So it was still like mostly standards as standards are, you know, like the most modern may have been like Wayne Shorter or Herbie Hancock or something. Uh, yeah. So in, in that non-legal one, there was like tons of Steve Swallow tunes and like other like lesser known people. And, and uh, you'd be like, who are these as a young jazz musician? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like iconic musician in the world of jazz but like as a young whippersnapper as you know i was like who is this guy and anyway ends the funny funny titles but yeah. uh, anyway so that's that's cool i you know i was telling you before we started i definitely had like a huge um john schofield phase where i bought like probably 15 of his records and i was like obsessed for a short period of time I don't know um, if I've ever had that kind of a phase with somebody. Oh no, you don't go through like I really want to check this person out. I mean, okay, I take that back. It's, it's definitely Kenny Garrett, and that's been like ongoing oh, my entire go. life. You well, know, you but, yeah, but it's different because you don't have to buy his records; you just stream it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. A lot of the stuff I wanted to check out wasn't on Napster to uh, <laughs> to, to pirate. <laughs> I want. I need. I had well, to go Lime, to the store. It wasn't on LimeWire either. Nobody was pirating jazz music. And every time I would download something, it would end up being wrong. Like this is my main, right. I have all these burned CDs of like, I mean, I don't have this FBI, but uh, <laughs> I have, I had all these burned CDs where it, was, it would say like, oh, it's the Miles Davis quintet. And I'd play it, but go oh, check this out. And somebody would be like, no, that's this other, that's clearly Thelonious Monk's trio with no horns. And it's like totally mislabeled. <laughs> So anyway, my, that LimeWire library was totally worthless. It was told to, a, to a young jazz musician who didn't know any better. Right, right, right. Anyway, anyway, uh, let's keep moving <laughs> to a pianist now. Uh, we had her on the playlist before when a single came out, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I think a couple months ago we did. Yeah, a couple months ago. And that's Connie Hahn. Yeah, so... Uh, 
like Nick was saying, we had our single came out. Uh, full album is out now, which, I mean, just like an incredible band of Connie Han playing piano and then Ivan Taylor on bass and Bill Piaski. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce the last name on drums. But the horns, as you can hear now, of Walter Smith III and Jeremy Pell are just ridiculous. Um, and it was one of those where you put on and like you kind of you jaw drops at first. And you listen to it like six more times to try and make sure you're catching everything correctly. Um, and you still don't. So, you know, but it's... Yeah, it was just very cool to hear how they were all interacting in the different uh, individuality or whatever that they were bringing to the tracks, you know, and like how you could hear Jeremy Pelt playing someone else's music where I've heard Jeremy mostly playing his music or hmm. Walter playing his music and then seeing, you know, like, of course, when you put together a band, like you call them because you want them to sound like them, but seeing how they also approach doing someone else's thing and and, and, you know, a little like listen to A, listen to B, A, B type thing, which I know that might seem like really nerdy, um, but it is. So I don't know. Good album. I'm I'm into it. You know, I think we had talked about last time, like Connie Han is not someone who I had listened to a lot of, mm-hmm. um, even though she's put out, I mean, two other, I think this is her third album now. Um, so definitely something that like I'm continuing to to listen to more, and I think that's probably the theme of everything, you know, just listening to more and and learning more and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, great album. Very nice. Uh, so now we have a little detour from piano to a fantastic alto saxophonist. Uh, as you can tell, Alan likes alto saxophone. He already told us about Kenny Garrett, but. This is uh, from Bobby Watson. Right, right. And I mean, I think I started first checking out Bobby Watson when he came to FSU my freshman year or something. And that was like my first FYI, this is who he is, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and now he has his new album out on Smoke Sessions with uh, Josh Evans, Giveton Gellin, Victor Gold, Curtis Lundy, and Victor Jones. Um, and yeah, it's just, he's one of the um, alto players that I think I gravitate towards more which is something that might be more recent I think because when I was first getting the jazz like it was all about tenor players for me and like all you know Joe Henderson and, and Train and et cetera et cetera um, but I've just started to check them out you know more and whatnot and, and see what to put together um, and you know this is Kind of a version of like the like the bird tune, I think it is, or it might be a yeah. dizzy tune, mohawk. Um, I thought it was a bird tune, but maybe it's a yeah. dizzy tune. Yeah. It might, I don't know. I just always know it because it was like dizzy it's in and the, bird. It's in the real the um, Omni book, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll give credit to Bird. I'm not trying to take it away from him <laughs> by any means. Um, but that was another thing that was like really interesting about this. You know, listening to a guy who like played with Art Blakey. Mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff and then now he's putting out this version of mohawk which is like definitely not how charlie parker played it you know but there's nothing wrong with that and it's just so cool to um to hear it because i think sometimes we can get really caught at least i know i can can get really caught up and like this is how a tune should sound when it's one of those that you've heard so often and everything sure 
Um, so to get another perspective at it or something that's a little bit different than just like the way that they are soloing over it, but like the, the entire vibe of the tune is different. Like the, the arrangement is a little bit different. Like all of that, um, can certainly bring like a breath of fresh air to like your writing and your arranging and the way that you're, you're hearing things and whatnot, you know? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I never considered that that tune, like, <laughs> like how he's playing it. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, well, it's keeping right in with the uh, Jazz Messengers. We've got a nice track here. This must be like a secret release or a preview of an unreleased album, something. Tell us about this. Yeah, Lake so this, they've been releasing the singles for a little bit. Um, the full album finally comes out July 17th. Uh, okay. This also comes from the the infamous year of jazz, which they recorded in 59. Mm-hmm. Um, up at uh, Rudy Van Gelder's place and at the band you know, Blakey, Lee Morgan, Hank Mobley, Bobby Timmons, and I think it's Jaime, Jaime Merritt, or is it Jamie? Merritt? Oh, it's Jimmy. Just Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay. Well, Jimmy he Merritt. spells it with a Y. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I really don't have to defend or explain this one in any way, shape, or it's our oh, Blakey no. Jazz Messengers. With Lee Morgan, Hank Mobley, Bobby Tennant as like the, you know, okay. Yeah, Sorry, it's going to be there. Yeah. That's just doing your due diligence. When you hear a new Lee Morgan solo, you listen <laughs> to a new Lee Morgan solo. Okay. All right. And uh, here's we are, you know? So. Trumpet bias here. It's not it's, been clear. It's, <laughs> it's very cool, though, to see this stuff come out. And it just so happens that's from, you know, the year 1959 or whatever. Yeah, true. But it's, I don't know. It's the jazz messengers are such an interesting and unique band to me because, like, yes, it was that school of Art Blakey and everyone went there and they learned in some way from Art Blakey. But I think no one would deny that all of the different forms of the band are like very unique. Um, and so it's really, you know, you have like the Winton bands and like the Terrence bands. And yes, I know I'm recognizing them by the trumpet players, you know, but like, <laughs> it's just, they're so, it's so interesting just to look at the lineage of even just like that band mm-hmm. and how it's progressed over the years. And then like, you know, they did a tribute to our Blakey several years ago up at, uh, at Lincoln Center. And they brought on like all of these members of like who's been in Blakey's bands. And oh yeah, was I was there for that. Like, yeah, there were people walking up where I was like, man, I didn't even know this person was in a Blakey band at one point or time. You know, they had yeah. members out there from when Blakey had a big band at some point. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? Yeah, everybody. I mean, of course, if you played with them, you'd want to be part of that family to yeah. let people know and whatever. You know, but- just didn't didn't even think about it. and what was so cool about that one if someone can if you were interested go find the video is they brought them on in like chronological order mm. so it was like as they appeared in the bands and you got to see it it change and whatnot and so that was you know really really cool from again a very nerdy i play jazz perspective yeah. you know sure so no that's cool uh, we can't uh leave the trumpet centric uh vision of this playlist quite yet uh, for the next track, something completely different, but it's uh, of my great, great trumpet player, Ambrose. I always say his last name wrong, Akamusery, but uh, I think I'm guessing this is a tribute to Roy Hargrove. 
yeah so this well. track is uh i found out so this is i mean i know i've put ambrose tracks on here uh throughout the years or whatever he's put stuff out and it's he's very much a uh he has his own voice like he knows his voice like he's very ambrose you know like i yeah. don't know another way to describe it um but i don't know you know i always like check out his things and sometimes they are more difficult to just casually have on like it's something that you actually need to like focus some more for mm-hmm, um, sure. which isn't bad but man this ballad came on as his like tribute to roy and i was like wow you know it's a very beautiful ballad um very like simple or or it's just not as like cluttered with various things going on in there it's just like here is this which i think was really cool um but as I was like, you know, reading about this record, something else that kind of makes sense was the first group that Ambrose ever saw playing trumpet or jazz was the Art Ensemble of Chicago mm. at Yoshi's. And I was like, man, that kind of, like not to say that your first experience is like only what you're ever gonna be or whatever, but that kind of approach, I think to the music makes sense then of where he's kind of found himself writing and whatnot because i can definitely see that type of an influence um on his music and maybe like some of the at least uh ideals or perspective that people that were a part of that art ensemble uh might have thought and you know who knows i could be completely talking out of uh, you know the left side of my face who knows but i could see it you know Mm -hmm. um certainly has an adventurous approach yeah 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 but a good record, a great tune uh, as far as a tribute to Roy, you know, someone that was very well known for playing ballads and um, right. and everything. So I don't know. I, no disappointments here. Yeah, for sure. He always has great album titles as well. At least I think. It's always interested me like how especially coming from our perspective knowing of like dealing with how people want their metadata and stuff labeled and everything mm-hmm. like how particular some of his titles are you know like hey they're all going to be lowercase or like this word is uppercase this word is not i think so shows like a lot of thought uh put into it more than just like ah here's an album with, with you know track one two three four etc right right somebody else's album who was it was it kendrick that had all the uh roman numerals is what you're (laughs) not the roman numerals he had like uh like arrows like it would be like one and then two and then three and then four Um, or like it was played backwards or something like that something interesting i I won't go too far on that because i can't remember what it was but yeah it is interesting and it's definitely you know it's hard to go against the as we've discovered go against the style guidelines that are kind of set up by these streaming companies to try to do your own thing. Right, right, right. Makes it uh, difficult on their system and they don't like it very much, but that's okay. We try to make it work for sure. All right, so we're moving on to this. This is an interesting combination. I didn't know that this existed. Um, um, yeah, I didn't either. Uh, Jimmy Heath, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is releasing his last uh, album that's still not out yet and uh it's coming out july 17th oh wow 
So this uh, album has, well, this single is with Cecile McLaurin um, doing Left Alone, but they have, uh, he has Gregory Porter on this album. He has Winton on this album. Um, the main ensemble is like Kenny Barron, Russell Malone, uh, Monte Croft or Monte Croft playing vibes, David Wong and Lewis Nash. So couldn't get anyone good, huh? Yeah, right. Like, I wonder where he found those people. Um, So, I don't know. I'm really excited for this album to come up. Uh, He recorded it in October and November of 2019. Um, So, it's going to be really cool. Um, I know some of the tunes are like his originals. um, And then he does some standards on there, like Con Alma and and whatnot. but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited for the for the thing, and it's it's kind of cool to see someone like Jimmy Heath and like where it all like ended and whatnot. You know, like after all of the years of playing and, and doing everything with everybody and just being like, here is the the last album. You know, and of course we say the last album. There might be another album that was unreleased that comes, you know, 15 years in the line or whatever. But just to see his most recent recording from 2019 like this is what jimmy he sounded like you know mm-hmm. for sure for sure yeah that's cool i might have to listen to that again more closely this time uh okay oh i've been meaning to check this record out too so this is by pianist benny green not to be confused with benny green the trombonist yeah, because if I hear Benny Green, I uh, immediately go to the pianist. Um, Come on <laughs> Benny now. Green. Benny Green is great. The trombonist, too. <laughs> Benny Green's Benny's Crib. Um, I don't know, man. I'm a very big Benny Green fan. That's just how it is. I mean, he was here um, it's six months ago or whatever, doing a solo piano concert. Now this album's out with you know the trio being david wong and aaron kimmel um, but he's also joined by ann drummond and josh jones and then veronica swift sings on one or two of the tracks i think um but yeah i don't know and then i just been listening to completely by chance my one and only love um and then benny does this great version of my one and only love on roads um and I just got, I mean, I don't know, distracted. And I was like, oh, hey, this also came out in June. That's very convenient. Um, so here we are, you know, he's someone that's so uh, sensitive, I think, and like puts a lot of thought and intention behind everything that he plays. So it's really cool to, to hear him do that. And then here in this manner where you can like attempt to follow along with what he's doing, like harmonically and, and everything. But yeah you know it's also interesting with it being Rhodes because like Rhodes makes it has uh this like washy isn't the right word but like all of the harmonies just like bleed into one of another so it's like a you know a wall of sound whereas with piano there's the natural you know like oh it's gonna break as I go from chord to chord to an extent you know sure sure um so it's really cool and he 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 obviously does it well to where it's not like abrasive and it's not just like a uh, an unbearing wall of sound of my one and only love. But it's, yeah, it's really cool. And I'm very excited to listen to the rest of it. I mean, he does a bunch of other people's tunes. Um, 
you know, he does like a Dexter Gordon tune, uh, Coral Keys by Walter Bishop, Something in Common, which I think is Cedar Walton, um, a Kenny Barron tune and, and everything. So very cool. To, I was going to say, Seascape is Kenny Barron. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to checking out the rest of it, you know, and... Uh, is it all on Rhodes? I don't actually know if it all is. I know a lot of it is on Rhodes. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, is it no, all solo so he, too? No. It, it, well, he has a trio in the band and whatnot, but he plays piano on two of them, evidently. But all oh, of the 11 tracks are also, like, they all have roads on it, just some of them he adds piano to. Oh, so that's cool. Interesting. Cool. All right, from one piano group to another. If you don't know this group, this is something a little bit different. I guess it's quote unquote modern, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. This is from, uh, I think they're British, right? This group? Yeah, they're from Manchester, England, it sounds like. Um, this is called Go Go Penguin. Yeah. I have no idea about them. I had no idea who they were. Um, this was one of those albums that I was just finding because um, I was like, what came out in June, you know? And they're on Blue Note, and so they obviously had some press, <laughs> you know? Like, it was easy to find them and everything. Um but with the band of Chris Illingworth on piano, Rod Turner on drums, and Nick Blacka on bass. It's very cool. It definitely has like um, electronic influences and like what you said, like you could attribute to like the modern jazz piano trio or whatever. Um, maybe even some like classical influence if you really want to start talking about compositions and group, and, you know, whatever. It's like, it's very interesting. Um, some people were, were comparing them to uh, that Swedish trio, the EST. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but I don't know. It was also very interesting because uh, when I was in school, there was a lot of uh, classical music and composers um, with love, of course, but like shoved down your throat while you're learning and everything. And so like it, it kind of reminds you of like minimalism and Steve Reich even, mm. you know, and and maybe like Eric Satie or whatever, or maybe I'm just making all of this up, you know, but I don't know. That's it's all in there somewhere. Yeah. So I don't know. That was really cool to me. And like the con whole concept of like minimalism is something that is very interesting because I think in jazz, it's super easy to like do too much. Maximalism. That's how, yeah. I, that's how I live. Maximalism. <laughs> so Especially I don't know. after records, right? You do as much as possible. Yeah. That's what you gotta do, right? <laughs> I joke. I joke. I joke. Um, but it's cool. It's definitely different than anything else that has been on the list so far. But that's not a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's cool though. I mean, they've made a lot of records. I've I've known that this was coming for a while. I think I think um, their last record did pretty well. I guess this is I'm looking it up now. It's from 2016. Mm -hmm. I think people started to take notice, and then I knew that. They, well, no, I guess this record also 2018. And then this new one, finally on uh, Blue Note. But yeah, I definitely remember seeing these, some of these when they came out. The covers, that is. Yeah, I, I like don't know why. I do I like this I thought it was like cover. a rock band at first. Uh, like when I hear Go Go Penguin, I think of like, you know, like Blink-182 vibes or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, I would definitely think it's like an EDM group or something. Yeah. But it's cool. All right, moving on. We got two more tracks for this month's playlist. Uh, two classic 
well, one very classic artist and one soon to be classic artist. Uh, a great pianist, another pianist. We have a lot of pianists today. A lot of pianists, a lot of, a lot of trumpet players as always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Christian Sands has a new single out and I am here for it. Uh, we, I know I describe it to you as like a dream band. You know, I say dream band. We were just talking about the Blakey band and the Jimmy Heath band and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is Christian Sands joined with uh, Yasushi Nakamura on bass uh clarence pen on drums um let's see marvin sewell on guitar steve davis on trombone and then i mean marcus strickland and sean jones to bring it home (laughs) yeah yeah uh so i don't know i'm really interested to see where the rest of the album goes because christian sands is someone to me who has um and I think I've talked about this with you before, but like p- recording piano nowadays has gotten to the point to where you can have uh, such a unique sound with how that person is playing piano, which is so interesting because I think how it used to be, you know, you could tell by their touch and everything, but it was still at the end of the day, like a piano. But now, you know, you hear someone like Christian Sands or Gerald Clayton or whomever and like, the the colors of their piano from their you know voicings of course and not taking away from their ability to play it is like very unique um and christian sands always has a neo soul vibe to him i guess you could say or at least that's what i think of when i hear some of his stuff um and knowing that and then being like oh you also put people who i'm regularly checking out like marcus strickland and sean jones and I know from checking out Sean Jones a lot, like that is in his playing in spots and like the gospel influences his, like I'm very here for it and I'm ready to see where the rest of it goes and, and everything. Um, but again, that could just be me liking Sean Jones. Who knows? I don't know. I think well, Christian you are slightly biased, but that's okay. I mean, I would say more than slightly, like completely biased, but <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, no, he's great. I like I like the vibe of that tune too. Yeah. Yeah. Yasushi, I, I, I think Yasushi is one of the most underappreciated because he doesn't really, he doesn't have like a lot of like leader stuff or anything, but Yasushi is killing. I don't, I don't know who underappreciates don't even know, him at all. I, I feel like he's not on enough records. I mean, he's on a lot of records. I think I'm sure, he's but, ridiculous. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Um, there's honestly one of my favorite videos of Yasushi is not even him playing. And I say this, and I hope to God it's Yusushi, and I'm fairly confident it's him. <laughs> but he's playing um, Cherokee with um, Dominic Farinacci. Mm. Uh, and I, it's just like ridiculously quick. Yeah. Uh, and it's a casual um, YouTube video, you know, so it's just those two, and like you're right in front of him saying it. But he's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know who thinks it's, uh, you know, he's not. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Like, yeah. I feel like bass players sometimes can go underappreciated because they're not like playing a, you know, front man's role in the in the way that what some like horn players are. So I'm just saying, if you don't know Bazia Sushi Nakamura, he's somebody that should be on your radar. That's all. Yeah. Do, do your homework. <laughs> Figure it uh, out. Yeah. It is. It is uh, him. Yeah, okay. I just confirmed so I don't look like an idiot. It is Yasushi Nakamura playing in that video. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's ridiculous. 
ridiculous. And I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I think the older I've gotten, like, that's probably one of the people, like, hiring a bass player or figuring out a bass player to play with is probably one of the positions, like, you're more particular about. Well, yeah, it defines the So you do start to show more appreciation for it, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, and we're going to wrap up this month's playlist with something a little on the more fun side. Not that the other stuff wasn't more fun, but I always associate this artist with fun. And I had a, another, when I say I, we talked about having a John Schofield phase, I also had a very intense Maceo Parker phase for a long time. So t- tell us about this track. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised now. I did not see that coming, but Maceo Parker out with a um, new album, Soul Food, Cooking with Maceo. I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> one's going to question why it's named the way it is. I mean, he's someone who I don't think I've checked out enough of his projects or anyone has checked out enough of his projects, but we always hear him on everyone else's stuff, whether it's with George Clinton or Dave Matthews band, you know, um, Aretha Franklin, whomever. Uh, Ray Charles, like Maceo Parker is Maceo Parker. Um, and this is definitely different than what we've all, what has been on the playlist so far, but yeah, very funk, very soul, full centered. Um, uh, it's just a great album that I don't think, I mean, I haven't found a track that I can put on yet, and I'm like, ah, this doesn't feel right, you know, like it's just always there. It has the groove. I mean, the hardest thing was just trying to figure out who's actually on the album because I'm sure it's so many people that he's yeah. you know, played with over the years. He's like, man, let me have you play, you know, do this or do this, you know, and like um, just with influences from playing with people like Dr. John and, and all that he's learned from James Brown and everything like it, it's creates such a unique voice and unique um, understanding and, and, um, like the just the way that he hears and views music you know having such variety and everything um and that's so cool and so interesting you know to see like where everyone's backgrounds comes from because i'm sure at some point you know he studied something that was you know what jazz or whatever you know played standards or whatnot you know but there's so many other genres of music that can have sax and so many different other styles that are like unique to that genre you know not everyone that plays trumpet can go play funk music. Like oh, you gotta yeah, be, right, right, right. You got to be true to that. Yeah, and so um, he does that, and I, I, it's it's really cool and a good album, and I, I would just recommend it for anybody. It's like a really good cookout album, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Because it's cooking in the title, so you gotta. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, right. That's why I went forward. Being literal, um, literal. Yeah. I thought you had a higher level of thinking than that. Come on. Yeah, I thought I did too. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, man. One of the first jazz records, well, whatever. One of the first records I bought first time I went to New York was this one that came out in, I guess, 2000, Dial Maceo. That was one of the first records I bought. Tower Records, really? New York City. Okay. Yeah, 2003, I guess, when I, uh, first time I came to, New- came to New York. I remember... Anyway, and there's a bunch of tunes on that record that he covered that I didn't know were not his tunes until like a, many years later, I heard a song. And I was like, oh, it's a Maceo Parker tune. And people are like, 
No? What are you talking about? That's a Prince tune. <laughs> and that happened the other day with, uh, uh, I know we've talked about him before, but he's one of the pianists that does like all the YouTube videos or whatever, like listening to someone's music and trying to explain it. He's like a jazz pianist and all. Uh, and he's like, man, Charlie Puth is like playing this really cool thing. And then there were like comments and they're like, that's just D'Angelo's track. Like he's just playing D'Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. You, you never know sometimes. Sometimes you hear things in the wrong order when you uh, attribute it to the wrong person. Definitely do. I know that that's happened to me hundreds of times. The the rhythm changes tune. I hear music. Yeah. I had never heard Ella sing it. I had only heard uh, Bobby McFerrin do it. Uh, And then I told that to somebody, and they were like, "How did you not know Ella did this song?" I was like, "I'm sorry. Like, I'm very sorry. I'll go listen right now." Yeah, Yeah, that's a thing in our our little culture of uh, shaming people for not knowing classic recordings. <laughs> There's so much yeah. music though. You gotta, you gotta pick your battles. Absolutely. You can't, you can't listen to any, everything anymore. It's, it's, it's too, too much. Hard. There's too much new stuff, old stuff, classic stuff, educational stuff. There's so much, so many things. All right. All right. So that's it. That's 10 tracks for June, 2020. Uh, you can find uh, the playlist on Spotify. Just head on over there. Fastest way. Just Google. Not Google. Search on Spotify. This is Jazz Today. And it says curated by Outside of Music. Thanks for being here. And thanks for listening and checking out this music. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope you will share it with a friend. And uh, as always, we'll be back next month with another edition of The Playlist. See you then. Bye.